the only talk radio afternoon drive show that makes sense beyond the headline with Aldrin Simpia right here on SAFM Next week, Monday, Ambassador Ruben Brigetti will mark 100 days in office since his appointment as the U.S. Ambassador to South Africa. So today he joins us to discuss the USSA partnership and how he plans to enhance bilateral relations between the two countries. He will also talk to us about uh, the Ubuntu diplomacy and how he hopes to use it to keep the USA and SA relations intact. Ambassador, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Aldrin. Thank you very much for having me. How's the country been treating you? 100 days coming very soon. It's, How's the three months been like? It's been fantastic. Uh, it's a great honor to be here. Yeah. What does it mean for you to be the person who represents the United States in a country like South Africa? Well, it's always an honor to represent your country anywhere, whether you're an American or you're from another country. And it's certainly uh, a huge honor for me to represent my country here in South Africa. You know, I have said many times uh, my view that the country in the world that is most like the United States of America is not Canada or Australia or the United Kingdom. It's South Africa. Mm-hmm. We have uh, we are both settler nations. We both have very challenging histories with regard to race that we continue to work through. Um, we both have fantastic natural resources. We're both we're two of the world's great constitutional democracies. We're very vibrant democracies, and we're trying to work it out. And so I think we have a great deal to learn from each other. Yeah. And it's an honor to be part of that process. Yeah. Actually, um, your concept around Ubuntu diplomacy, my Twitter bio, um, and I just want to read it to our listeners as well. So this is what my Twitter bio says. Ubuntu, it is an ideology. And that's how much I believe in Ubuntu. And when I when I read that you actually believe in the concept that's called Ubuntu diplomacy, it's like, well, this sounds interesting, but what does it entail? Well, first of all, I think the concept of Ubuntu is one of South Africa's great gifts to the world. I am because we are. And it's one that resonates very deeply with me personally in my own value set for how I was raised and and much of the work I've done around the world. And it's one that I think, as you correctly said, obviously resonates very deeply here in South Africa. And so for me, Ubuntu diplomacy means working not only with the government of South Africa, but with the people of South Africa in a way that recognizes our our shared humanity, that recognizes our human dignity, that in the very best aspects of diplomacy Mm. looks for commonalities to try to find uh, common solutions to uh, challenges and also to advance mutual interests. And where are some of the challenges that you want to apply this Ubuntu uh, diplomacy to? Uh, Specifically now speaking about the relationship between the U.S. as well as SA. Sure. Well, our respective presidents have very clearly outlined what our bilateral agenda should look like. It's focusing on uh, kind of five big things. Uh, Infrastructure, uh, energy, Uh, investment, uh, as well as uh, continued support for uh, what we call um, the kind of great discussion or um, or global affairs. I mean, how do we talk about things as governments that are not directly related even to our bilateral relationship, recognizing that South Africa is an incredible voice, not only in Africa, but across the global south. Yeah. Uh, but I also take, uh, frankly, my ambassadorial prerogative to add another agenda item, and that's education. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a fourth generation educator. Uh, I've myself been a university professor and uh, led universities. My mother, my grandmother, my great grandmother were all educators. Uh, focusing on education is one of the things that has the ability to improve people's lives dramatically. It's one of the areas where you simply have to focus on if you want to uh, address the unemployment crisis and the link uh, employment to industry. And so we are in discussions uh, with our embassy and our own government, mm. uh, with institutions here for how we can focus on uh, supporting the educational sector here, particularly as it relates to technical vocational educational training. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest issues that we're facing currently in the country, which is one of the five um, principles or fundamentals that um, the relationship between South Africa as well as uh, the U.S. is based on as well is is energy. Yes. And of course, there is the just um, energy transition and uh, the U.S. being part of the country supporting South Africa in, in that transition. Why was it important for the U.S. to say that, okay, um, here we have a country that has agreed um, to do away with fossil fuel. Um, how do we support this country? Well, it's important for a variety of reasons. I mean, the first, obviously, is uh, the first letter in the Just Energy Transition Partnership. The first word is just. So making sure that as the transition happens, it's done in a way that it doesn't marginalize further communities, that finds ways to uh, find alternate employments for those that may be displaced from, say, um, coal mining or other sorts of uh, affiliated industries. So that's the first thing. And then energy transition. Mm. Uh, the fact that South Africa committed to focusing on transitioning from um, uh, fossil fuel uh, electrical generation, particularly based on coal, as the largest greenhouse emitter on the continent. It was a bold step. And as, you know, to quote uh, French President Emmanuel Macron, there is no planet B. Uh, We are burning up the planet. And we simply have got to find ways um, to address the greenhouse gases and address address climate change. The fact that South Africa wants to be a leader in that is uh, tremendous. And obviously, based on that, we want to be supportive, which is why of the $8.5 billion that was pledged by Parkers, uh, Mm -hmm. that $1 billion of that will come from the United States government, mostly through the Development Finance Corporation, to support um, the development of private sector um, energy transmission that, that is more green. Is that $8.5 billion enough, considering that our president spoke about that you need at least uh, just over a trillion for just over five years of the transition, and this is not even part of the entire 20 years that it would take? Sure. So um, President Biden and President Ramaphosa have discussed this. We certainly have heard President Ramaphosa's um, and other members of the government saying the need for more money, but our perspective is let's get this $8.5 billion correct first. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, South Africa is the first country with a joint just energy transition plan. It will not be the last one. I think one was just announced for Indonesia this Indonesia, week. Indonesia, yeah. Uh, but we have to prove concept. So let's prove concept first with this $8.5 billion, making sure that it can actually be programmed effectively, making sure that it can actually be, uh, help to transition uh, uh, electrical generation to uh, green generation, and crucially, to make sure that it can be done in a just way. Mm-hmm. And once we've done that $8.5 billion, then it's entirely appropriate to figure out how we address uh, yeah. further financing. Isn't it a dangerous um, experiment? especially with South Africa, considering how much we rely on fossil fuel for energy and also considering our our unemployment rate and um, how many people are employed by the mining sector. Sure. It is not a dangerous experiment. It is a necessary initiative. And again, we're very proud and very grateful for South Africa for taking leadership in that regard. The reason it is necessary is that all of us are going to have to figure out 
how we live in a world that is based far less on carbon, carbon-based economy and that figures out how we generate electricity in a green way. You've seen it in your own country, obviously, with the floods that hit Durban. I've seen it in my own country, mm-hmm. in my own home state of Florida, with you know massive hurricanes that are coming in uh, and, and devastating my home state. We simply, as a, as a world, have got to figure this out. We have figured out other hard things before. In South Africa, you have uh, taken on the the great challenge of ending apartheid yeah. and doing so um, uh, in uh, in, a, in a very honorable fashion. And we have faced any number of issues in our own country. We helped to put humans on the moon. Uh, we're moving uh, towards putting humans on Mars. We can do this, mm-hmm. as Madiba said. It is impossible until yeah. it is done. If it's so important, why is the U.S. not signing up? Why is the U.S. not phasing out coal? and saying that we will do away with coal? We are already um, uh, taking a series of steps to increase our own green grid, whether that mm-hmm. is through you know, massive solar banks in, um, in, in Arizona uh, or wind farms off, um, off the coast of New England. Uh, we use uh, dramatically less coal now than we did a decade ago. We are increasing the use of, uh, of natural gas, which is sort of a bridging fuel, as it were, uh, from coal to, to others. And so we are moving uh, clearly in that direction. And we are having many of the same challenges that uh, you're having here as well, which is how do you help uh, coal mining communities uh, transition? Um, and how do you do so in a way that uh, provides additional um, uh, work for them, which is a very, very important thing to do. But we are all moving in this direction. You're all moving in that direction, but what's the agreement that's in place that um, the USA could also be held um, liable for at an international platform, considering, for instance, you have now Indonesia as well that is signed to this agreement. You have South Africa. India is still considering it as well. Sure. Well, we all have made our various obligations under the Paris Paris Agreement, the United States, South Africa. Yeah, but then then a president, Donald Trump, came and pulled out and... What are the possibilities of that not happening again? Donald Trump is not the president of the United States. Well, he's running to become the president of the United States. He is not the president of the United States of America. Uh, President Biden is the president of the United States of America. And accordingly, um, along with other colleagues in Congress of both parties, is committed to moving towards a greener economy along the lines I've said. And so the question isn't uh, one of sort of, you know, being liable, as you say. It's much more of our working in partnership together Mm Uh, with our respective um, uh, political commitments and political yeah. will and resources, is the one billion uh, sorry the one billion dollars is it a loan or is it a grant? So it's um, it's neither. They're loan guarantees. So the way in which our particular uh, chunk of the financing will work is that that one billion dollars goes towards from our development finance corporation will go to provide a loan guarantees towards projects for the private sector, mm-hmm. for private sector electrical uh, generation uh, or distribution that is more green. Because we believe deeply in the value of the private sector. We yeah. believe deeply in the innovative and also the discipline that comes with uh, private sector electrical generation. And so for that $1 billion of loan guarantees to be unlocked, we have to have bankable private sector projects mm-hmm. um, that make sense. And frankly, they're private sector projects that, for example, they may be greenfield projects, so things they're starting from very scratch yeah. that may be more difficult to finance through private banks, which is where uh, the U.S. government uh, DFC money comes in. What's the condition attached to it? There's no condition. There's no sort of conditionality to, to this, I mean, o- other than... So what would the interest um, be to pay back? 
So again, I don't have the particular data in front of me in terms of like, for example, what the interest uh, rate is on those. But what I would say is that they're not loans to the government of South Africa, meaning they are not adding to the debt burden of the South African taxpayer. These are actually loan guarantees for private sector actors that take private risk yeah. in order to uh, add additional generation capacity. But that's not for the entire $8 billion, right? Well, no, because yeah. that's at our billion-dollar capacity. Other partners are doing various sorts of things. Okay. So, and I will leave it to our other ambassadors from those countries, those partner countries, right. to explain their views. Ambassador, just a quick one on what happened a couple of weeks ago with the, that security alert that was sure. issued by the U.S. Embassy. Mm -hmm. South Africa coming out and saying that, why didn't you guys discuss this with us first before going public? Our Minister of um, Intelligence, or sorry, Deputy Minister of State Security, saying that basically what the U.S. is trying to do here is to increase the primary list of so-called um, countries that are being targeted by terrorists. Mm -hmm. So the U.S. government, by law, has to make public threat reporting streams when we are in possession of information of potential targets, uh, potential attacks that can target American citizens everywhere in the world. Uh, this actually comes from the 1988 Lockerbie uh, bombing uh, over Lockerbie, Scarlet, the Pan Am Flight 103, um, when, which, com which uh, has, since then has mandated this requirement. Um, I don't think it's productive for us to discuss um, uh, aspects of private conversations between our governments. But what I can tell you is that we are very grateful for the partnership of the government of South Africa and keeping all of our citizens safe, uh, and we are committed to doing so um, uh, going forward. Yeah. But isn't there concern around the fear that that has caused in South Africa? A couple of events that were cancelled as well, and the South African government saying that actually there was absolutely nothing. What I can tell you is that we are very grateful for the ongoing conversations we have had and will continue yeah. to have uh, with the government of South Africa as relates to questions of uh, threat reporting particularly yeah. as relates to terrorism. But did you speak to them about this I one before? I am not going to talk about that further because, again, I don't think it's it's productive for us to have um, uh, to discuss publicly a series of private conversations that may or may not have occurred. Okay. That is the U.S. Ambassador to South Africa. Your thoughts on that? 0614-104-107. You can also drop me a tweet at Alder and St. Pierre. And our voice note line is 0614-104-107. Ambassador Ruben uh, Brigatti, thank you so much for your time. U.S. Ambassador to the Republic of South Africa. Apologies. We're a bit late for news.